Welcome guys to the Good Podcast. I'm your host Rob Watson and today I am chatting with Eddie Coker who is a children's singer-songwriter who typically performs over 200 concerts a year and has once been described um, as the James Brown of children's music. Um, but I'm most fascinated about hearing about his work he does teaching children, teens, families and educators about emotional health, health emotional wholeness and emotional intelligence through his organisation organization Wesmore. Thank you very much, Eddie, for chatting with me today. Hey, hey, how are you? Yeah, all good. All good. All the better for chatting with you. So you're over in Colorado, right? That's right. Yeah, I was I was uh this morning I was like I have at my window, which actually sliding door, master bedroom literally opened that my entire room was just beautiful. But it's about twenty degrees this morning. So yeah. Yeah and I'm, it's October. Uh, I've known you for a while and um, I've seen your place. You're up in the mountains, aren't you? Just like yeah. a, a bit away from civilization. I'm sure you just go down a track into, into town. Yeah, 16 minutes down the hill to all humanity. You know, another 35 to the airport and fly wherever I need to go to go sing. So, That's although amazing. I haven't flown since February. I know, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. Crazy. Yeah. Just, just touched on that because I'm interested in the way you live your life. Before we jump into Wesmore, I wasn't really going to yeah. go off this, but I think because we spoke about how you live your life, live up in the mountains. So, have you got no neighbors? Is it just you, or is there a few people around? Yeah, they're they're definitely neighbors, but you know, we live in two thousand acres um, that's available to all the people that that live up here. And uh, in the summertime, uh, we still hear it, but in the summertime. About 250, 300 yards away is a waterfall. So when the sliding windows open, yeah, you hear the waterfall at night. You see a sunrise that you hope to see maybe once or twice in your life. You see 200 a year. It's just beautiful. So, yeah. So I go sing and I go spend all this energy and give it to children. And then I come back here and recoup and walk among the yeah, aspens which are the beautiful yellow right now yeah it's gorgeous we're we're very lucky uh, i'm thankful to my dad because my dad you know me artists we don't really typically have goals i'm like eh, not interested in goals i'm interested in in closing my eyes and listening and you know writing and all that good stuff but he's like yeah but you gotta have a goal right he's a businessman i said i don't want a goal and he's like just one i just want one all right i said okay i want to build a house in the mountains of colorado Right? That's all I told him. And lo and behold, right? Amazing. Yeah, 14 years ago. So we love it. It's great. So you built your own house 14 years ago. What's that? So you, it was 14 years ago you built your own home. Well, we built it from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, not me, because that, that's not my skill set. But uh, yeah, just on a napkin, we uh, drew it up with a, with a, he wasn't even an architect. So that saved us a fortune, and I loved what he drew based on the pictures we gave him. And there you go, found the builder and built it. So how, it could be 20 below zero, right, outside, and it's still 65 degrees. I don't know what the, you know, the what 65 degrees is over there. I guess you guys are on a different thing. But, yeah, I mean, this house is built super solid, and we love it. And like, I think what, because I'm drawn to that. I think with the way the world's gone this year, the, the idea of living in cities is probably a lot less appealing to a lot of people. You know, I think particularly when things were really locked down, the idea of being in a tiny flat with no fresh air, no green space, no, you know, very little of that is because I think for the past 20 or 30 years or longer, everyone has been plowing into cities where yourself and others are consciously going back that way and i think probably many other people are going to be choosing to to go that way as well with the life i agree my you know my daughter's a ballet dancer she's 21 and she's dancing with american ballet theater which is they dance at the met in new york city right so they are not going to be dancing until january of 22 if you can believe that wow. they just just came out with the news and I went up and moved her in in August. And dude, there is nobody in New York City. 50% to 60% less, just in my opinion, people walking on the street and getting on a subway at rush hour, five o'clock in the evening, two people, two people on the subway. It's nuts. 
Yeah. I know it's weird. I don't know where they went unless they're all staying in trying to be safe. Yeah. Who knows? It's, um, yeah, it's been a bit insane, but I, I really, uh, just the way you live, I know obviously you've got your family, your daughter in New York city, but the way you are and up in the mountains, yeah. it's very appealing to me anyway. Um, and, and yeah, so anyway, mo- moving on, um, in terms of your work and stuff, like, um, you know, you, you go and spend thousands of hours teaching kids, singing to kids, getting them engaged. Um, and I'd just love to hear a bit more about that and, um, and, and what that entails. Yeah, well, until COVID, right, it was pretty much based in live concerts, you know, and live talks that had music involved, right, depending if I'm in front of middle schoolers or high schoolers. But, you know, once COVID hit, it, it kind of shifted things for us. Um, same message, you know, same message over Zoom uh, that we'd be doing a live concert. It's just not as crazy. And I have to say, it, it's like, you know, I used to be an opera singer. And there is no way that you could put opera in a small laptop, right? You just cannot feel the sense of what an opera is or even a ballet. So I do miss that aspect. I miss hugging kids. I miss the jokes about, I, I'm a huge sweater, right? So I sweat, and after an hour-long concert, you know, starting 15 minutes into the concert, the sweat starts happening. And I tell kids every time, there's going to be a hug line, right? At the end of this concert, every single one of you is going to want a hug, I promise you. And in my big, giant, operatic cavity, I will take your head, and I will prep, and literally 200 kids will line up and I could take their head and bam, put it in the chest and they walk away like, eh, right? I miss that, right? I miss the whole aspect of, of, of human connection. So, so that part I definitely miss. So we just have to back down, get a little more gentle, uh, a little more easy about how we're presenting. It's hard to go crazy and have a whole lot of fun in that box. So we're, we're adjusting. We'll figure it out and just, you know, we'll, we'll build all the elements of Westmore that we were wanting to build, right? Because we now have the downtime and uh, and we'll go back out to live concerts whenever things open up. But yeah, it's tough to get 800 kids singing in a room and everybody's, you know, everybody's spitting out all the stuff that you don't want, you know, happen. So, yeah. yeah. But what what's interesting is actually just, uh, you know, the importance of your work because and and what you're doing there you know like i think some of the numbers are alarming aren't they like kids are really hurting today in in schools and the system and families are you know cracking at the seams and stuff and you know just uh, like to you just to touch touch on that element for it and, and why it's so important that what it is that you're doing well i tell you what it, it was interesting probably around 2003 or four i began see always Sixth graders. I don't know what a sixth grader is. That's middle school year. What age? What age is a kid? 12, 12, 11. Okay. Sixth grade is at the end of elementary, but now they're putting sixth graders in middle school. Sometimes they put fifth and sixth graders together, seventh and eighth graders together, and then high school begins. But your sixth graders, they're always going to be like, yeah, we're not going to have fun, right? You got to kind of beat them a little bit for them to enjoy themselves. And then it became fifth graders, then it became fourth graders. And then over the years, it's like an evolutional change. I'm like, wait a minute, second graders aren't playing with me. What's going on? And it wasn't every concert, but I just began to notice. And I started thinking, what's going on? And as a guy that loves to research everything, um, I just started researching potentially what is the pressure the kids were under. And it just led me to think, hmm, Maybe I need to shift my messaging a little bit more. Maybe I need to figure out how to do a concert where we're settling down, you know, where, where we're breathing and we're closing our eyes and we're not just getting it up. And, you know, cause I take them up the, uh, the roller coaster, right. And down and we're back up in a typical concert. Uh, but I thought maybe I could change it up just a little bit. And then what actually happened, I hope I could say it, a nine year old boy hung himself in a school that I sang at. And that broke my heart, uh, as it would anybody. Um, and it just shifted me into like Superman gear. Like, nope, I've sung for 30 years. I'm gonna totally shift and we're gonna figure out what's going on. I'll spend the next 30 years trying to figure out what's what's the pain, where's the pain? 
right? How is it that a, that a, that a nine-year-old boy knows how to plot that plan and then leave their body for the right people to see them? And there's so much anger in that. And, you know, my mom was, used to be the executive director of the Suicide and Crisis Center in Dallas. So all the Coker kids were raised, you know, understanding a little bit about suicidology and we all had to be um, on the phone counselors. So I know what that means. I know what that means for a kid to leave himself. And it's a very violent way of ending your life. And it just broke my heart. So we started a nonprofit. I got a board of directors, started raising money. And you know me, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm not a businessman. Um, you know, not an executive. I, I just care. I care about people. I love children. And I wanted to figure out how we can figure, you know, go forward and really affect change, you know, on a, like a cellular level. But, and I have a psychologist who's one of my board members, super smart, love her to death, Dr. Deborah Miskell, who said, you know, your, your kind of little mantra should be seed to flower versus seed to weed, right? And that seems to be the typical modus operandi for humans. It's like, yay, life's wonderful. And then your butt gets handed to you. You're like, oh, God, life's not so wonderful, right? And then you get into your teen years and you're like, ah, and your brain gets sucked out by aliens. And then, you know, the pressure of life. And then you're an adult, like we were talking about earlier. And then all the adults are raising their hand. You're like, help us, you know? So a lot of work that we have to do. And we're like you said, we're just trying to talk to our people and see if we can affect change and bring a little bit of stillness. And self-love, God. That just seems to be the biggest problem. This is this self-loathing and this, you know, we can be trained like monkeys to be nice to you, right? But when it comes back to me and I'm in this guy, I'm in here and away from people, that's when the kind of damage happens. So I'm, I'm totally into that, right? Self-love, self-care, self-attention, leaning into when life is imperfect and being okay with that. Right. And how to how to how to take those messages and talk to a six year old and a seven year old. Right. And use all those techniques. You know, I sometimes call Westmore a learned Kung Fu minus the eye gouging techniques. Right. Which artists or right brainy people will laugh at. And then other people be like, you know, they're like, what? Or you're teaching karate to kids. So I've had to learn to say we're just trying to give kids skills right? Tools in their tool bag so that when life does head south, they have a way to go, hold on. What did Mr. Coker say? What's Wesmore talk about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they can actually use that tool or use that kung fu move, as I like to deal with it, and uh, get back to more of a sense of, I'm, I'm okay. I can deal with this. I can deal with this pain. I can deal with that person looking at me. Why do they look at me like that, right? We're always good. It's like that poor mind that we have, right? Very problematic. So what's some of the, sort of the techniques that you'll like share with kids to encourage them? Because what I find fascinating what you're doing is you're giving them a toolbox. And often it's over the years in school, it's, it's not been considered important. It's you know, your maths, your English, your science, uh, and stuff like that when actually when you are growing up in a world what do you need more to to you know to live a good healthy life and i think what you're talking about and what other people who've had on my podcast which are encouraging people to grow food and cooking and health and nutrition yeah. them things in emotional health for me should be the cornerstone of how we grow and educate our children because that then means they're going to go out and there's going to be less issues and then they're then going to pass that on to their kids. Yeah. So it's kind of having to relearn and remember all these things of how it should be. But I'd love to hear some of the techniques that you're actually doing to yeah. help kids. Yeah, you, you hit it. it. You know, it's, we call it social and emotional learning here, SEL. And I, I try to goof around with, you know, the staples of any kind of schooling education. And sometimes we call it reading writing arithmetic Westmore, right? It's gotta be right up there with those things. You, you, you can teach a kid that the capital of Paris is France, but you don't, we're not teaching them to love themselves, right? We're not teaching them all of those things that, you can have a million bucks and you'd be the most miserable person on the world, right? So we, so 
For kids, we teach them what we call wezzers. So it's W-E-Z-Z-E-R-S. We're always trying to make a play on the word Wesmore, and Wesers are a set of 20 skills, right? And I, I have a little song that I wrote because I, the creator of it, couldn't remember. I was like, okay, so there's D-O-G-Q, Big A. So I just wrote, you know, D-O-G-Q, tiny, big A, little, one and a half a mess, breathe. Run the bases, one, two, three, four, a cupcake. La, la, blah, blah. Don't forget the code. The code, easy. Gracias, G25, this M. If I give to you and you give to me, we are examples of philanthropy. No, bling, the bunny, DD. So that's a song set to music which lays out the 20 wizards. And let's take the first one, the OG, right? This was developed, I, 800 kids were, were tearing me alive in a live concert. All my tricks were not working to calm them down because, like I said, I take them up a roller coaster and I need you all to come back down here so I teach you the next day. So nothing was working. I finally said, hey, dogs, come here. Sit down. Close your eyes. Quiet your mind. Stay. whole audience just went into like ah. <laughs> and I have no idea I just made it up it was like out of pure terror to try to get these kids to calm down and DOG dog come here sit down close your eyes quiet the mind stay that's the first one right I could just hang out with the dog all day long if I put myself in that place of stillness and calm, go about doing your work, go about paying your taxes, go about doing the mundane duties that you don't want to do. Same thing with kids. If you're going to have to sit down and do your math homework, look, I push back on math. I hated math, right? I wanted to go out and go wild, right, as a kid. But you got to do it. I mean, it's, it's the one thing we joke about. Homework, you have to do it. You, you cannot not do it. If we don't pay our taxes, we go to jail. If you don't do your homework, you will fail, right? So you have to do it. So if I can try to put a kid into a super calm place, that's one, right? Going to the second, I mean, I don't want to go through all 20 of them, but literally what I'm finding when I teach things, when I talk to, talk to middle schoolers or high schoolers or adults, people seem to kind of like grab onto two or three of the wizards. That's all they need. Just these little reminders Right. My daughter's up in New York City freaking out about her ballet career, you know, which she's been up there since she was 15 years old. Right. So here the parents are in New York City and she's living in. I mean, we're in Colorado. She's in New York City. You know, we're trying to keep her in a space of calm and as she's growing in her career and getting better, you know. And so traffic on the street of New York City I said, honey. Let's go. I can hear the rumbling of the. You know, the big trucks down below just through the telephone said, go ahead, grab the sound. And within 10 seconds, right, she's back. So these are just the little tricks that, you know, I've learned from psychologists and friends and all the research I do. And we just make them fun, right? That's so amazing. That, that's kind of an example, you know. No, they're great examples. And that's the thing, you know, there's all these techniques that we can teach them, which, you know, is mindfulness really, how to, you know, slow the mind, calm the breath. Yeah. But yeah. the way you're doing it is making it much more fun, accessible, enjoyable. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm a big believer in meditation and mindfulness. And I think David Lynch Foundation is doing great work in America yeah. and helping kids overcome trauma and all sorts of issues yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. Like so it's, it's all got its place, that and yours. It's just a kind of a different approach. And um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's amazing. As you say, it's so, it's so needed when you see and not just about suicides, but even just like bullying that's going on in schools. And I think with the internet and social media and how much that's kind of, like I think now, God, I'm kind of so grateful that I'm not in school now, like with the way technology is and how fast it is. You feel like you make a mistake. It's there forever where mistakes that I made when I was 10, 12, 13, 15, 16, 
you know, just, you know, there's no record of it. It's just, there was me and a few friends and now something like that, people can do something. It can be shared with hundreds of people in a moment's notice. And there must be no wonder that, you know, anxiety, depression and stuff is, is really skyrocketing in in kids and adults for sure. Like, like you said, it's so important that we apply these techniques for ourselves as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. These, these things right here, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we could go off on an hour talk about that, right? We already have trouble enough as human beings comparing. Rob's better looking, Rob's younger, Rob's got nicer hair, I'm going great, whatever the, the mind is going to do, right? But then you put it out here and where so many people can see it or the perception, that's key too. The perception that millions of people saw that somebody said something about me, right? And wow, it just gets, so that's why it's so tough for kids. And I, you know, I know whole communities that are getting together in certain parts of the United States where the schools are saying, the athletic organizations are in those communities. Nope. And we're all going to be, get off that phone, put that thing down. No, you're not going to use it. No, you're not having an iPad at six. Right. The longer we can keep kids off of those devices, the better it's going to be. So sometimes I feel like we're putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. But, you know, we got to do something. So ours is super playful, but it's it's super grounded in all of the best you know psychology. So. And what are you like? What's the feedback or, you know, kind of reviews and results stuff that you're hearing from the kids, from the parents, from the you know, the teachers, the people who are running the schools? Yeah, I mean, so far, um, we've had great results, right? We have worked with an organization called the Center on Research and Evaluation. The acronym is CORE, and ironically, it's based at my alma mater, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, and they're really kind of a, a gold standard you get, a, you get a stamp of approval from them. They're like the king and queen of social emotional learning. And they did a big, enormous study that we actually paid for. It's like, tell us where we're wrong or tell us what we need to do to improve. And um, we got great results back from that. That There's really nobody approaching uh, in the country like Wesmore is approaching according to their very first study. So that was super helpful for me. Now what we have to do is have this applied on a day-by-day level you know it's one thing for me to go sing and everybody's like oh my god i feel great i learned something this is wonderful i can put it into practice but it only takes 48 hours for you to totally forget it so that's why we're trying to create all the our people in my orbit they call it dosage you need a daily dosage of wesmore on a daily level right so that they're constantly getting this stuff reinforced that guy said something about me so, right? If a kid can actually go, so, I don't care. I'm good with that, right? To, to, to learn that skill, even as an adult, right? To have your boss say something that doesn't annihilate you, right? But the, you, you, you take it, you observe it, you massage it, you move left, you move right, you jump up, you jump down, right? There are so many different ways that you these interactions that we can have with people and these interactions that we have with our own mind can be settled down, right? I was, think, I was thinking about you today and I was thinking about, you know, I, I closed my eyes this morning and said, what are we going to talk about? What am I going to say? I hope I don't go too rapidly, which is what I tend to do. Um, and I thought of a word from my opera career that I learned. It's called apogiarsi, right? It's a great word and it means to lean into and so back in the days when you'd sing, you'd really want to lean into the piano so that you could lean into your diaphragm. And that's a great word for, we have to lean into when life goes south, right? When the problems come up and we don't feel so lean into it. Don't run away from it, right? That's when we do this, we're like, <laughs> right? We get on a phone or we watch TV or we, you know, we don't do the proper things that we need to. So something happens, lean into it. Allow it onto the train. If I'm feeling wonky, if I'm feeling discombobulated, welcome to the planet Earth. It's okay. You're just like every other human on the planet. Come here. Sit down. 
or or any of the other wizards that we can you know take to apply to those things. So good response from you know organizations, good response from teachers, from parents, and from kids. It's awesome, you know, to, to get notes, to get letters, to get Instagram messaging from people. And uh, yeah. So I'm just kind of interested to kind of get a sense of the the scale at the moment. Like what um, how many kind of kids have you been reaching maybe obviously it might be obviously different maybe since february but i know you're pushing to go online you know yeah. how many you know what what part of america is it how many schools and stuff like that yeah so you know we were doing anywhere from 20 to 30,000 kids a year live concerts so that was the business model is that eddie's going to go out and sweat you know 100 concerts a year or whatever and then have all of the, the the backup stuff, you know, the dosage. Here's Westmore. Yay, I love it. Now what? And then to put all of those things, you know, applied, you know, on a on a daily level in, in developing curriculum and uh, developing all those ways that kids and teachers and parents can be engaged. So we're working on an at-home uh, subscription kit. So if these kids are going to be home with mom and dad, so we're going to create a subscription. Actually, the prototype is hopefully going to be out mid-October, maybe 1st of November. That's one aspect of it. And then the t- television studio, as I think I showed you, if you don't mind, you know, the, the beautiful wall that we're doing. And this is going to be the television studio where I'm going to be able to broadcast from and, and teach and concerts. So, like I said, the model was to do twenty to 30,000 kids a year live concerts. And then here is the curriculum to which you guys can participate day by day so now that we don't do the concerts we're working on the curriculum so hopefully within a year we'll have all the the bells and whistles uh, available to uh, to do this all around the country so colorado you know new york texas you know pretty pretty regionalized because of uh it's only one dude out there doing the concerts but huh it's very exciting for you oh it is it's it's Totally exciting. Um, I need this just as bad as the kids do, right? I want to settle in. I, you know, I'll be 60 this year, and I still, this dude still bugs me on a moment-by-moment basis. But I know how to mess with it now. That's what's really cool, right? So even old dogs can learn new tricks. Yeah. So on that, it's interesting to... It, one thing I always talk about in this podcast is people finding meaning in the life and purpose and and your path if you've gone on, you know, you've got obviously got a real passion for music and I'm sure going back 40 years ago, it wasn't about edu- going into education and helping kids. It was more you, well, I don't know, you know, maybe we can touch on that, but it'd be interesting to, to touch on that and how it's important that, you know, I'd imagine you said you're about to turn 60 this year and for me you don't look it and the way you are and acting of the energy that comes through you where it's shown that what you've done give is fuel for 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 your life and and so so you'll still be doing this when you're touching 90 if you can maybe not flying to different concerts and stuff but who knows what the world will look like then and the technology that will be available well my joke has always been if mick jagger could do it in 75 right and and Paul McCartney still out there doing that. Why not? Right? Yeah. That's the way I see it. Why not? So still got a good 25 years left. I reckon definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how did it how did this kind of unfold for you? Because we can see the people that are watching this video, um, you've got some guitars on the background, and you've got one, I believe, is right from the from the early when you started out, and you've got a nice fresh one now. Yeah, so the brown guitar was the first guitar I ever got at 11 uh, and it's a Gibson and I don't even, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those typical musicians that like, no, it's a Gibson JBL SL 15. I don't care. It's just my little brown guitar that I wrote the majority of my songs on. Um, but yeah, I've never been a great player, right? I'm pretty good rhythm guitarist. I'm, um, you know, just started dinking around and singing songs for, for the family and sang a little bit in high school. as more kind of a jock and um, somebody actually my cousin my bigger cousin picked me up and took me into the choir room and there awaiting on a piano was the choir director and played a couple of scale. I never sung a scale in my life I'm like ah 
right? I had something. I could. I had a voice. I had loudness, but I had no idea what the scale was. He's like, you're in. It took me you know, one scale that he learned, right? So I got in a really bad choir in high school and then kind of progressed from there and had a very small part in a musical in high school. They called the unsinkable Molly Brown. And there was a guy out in the audience. His name was Thomas Hayward. And he was a vocal professor at SMU, Southern Methodist University, which is in the same town in Dallas. And he came backstage. He goes, you have a voice, son. He literally would talk like that because he was a kind of of his voice. But at the same time, literally, you know, had that kind of that little teen kind of have a beautiful voice. I'd love for you to come audition. And I auditioned for SMU, got a little scholarship. And by the first year, I had the lead in the opera. And I'm like, I don't even know what opera is. Right. And by that summer, I was in Great Britain doing a tour of Gilbert and Sullivan. Right. And we did a tour of Belgium and Holland and in England. And then I came back and kept going with opera. I had a, you know, an opera career and basically started. Uh, guy came to me and said, hey, would you like to do an opera for kids? And I'm like, no, <laughs> not even close, but um, ended up doing it. And literally day one, fell in love with kids. And I thought, you know, I'm tired of living in hotels. I don't like living in hotels. I want to have a family. I want to coach my kids' soccer teams. And um, started working with kids, doing operas for children. Literally, it changed overnight. And I'm like, kids, wow, maybe I could sing for kids. And then one day, I was doing an opera workshop for fifth graders. And Little kid stood up. He goes, hey, man, do you rap? And I'm like, hey, man, I'll rap if you let me talk about Giacomo Puccini, right? And so I did this silly little thing. I just made it up on the spot. They laughed, and I was like, uh-huh. And then five albums later of music, you know, kids' songs. Then I just went on, you know, for a 20-year run of doing all the kids, and then it shifted, like I said. You know, we're noticing the kids were hurting. So, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I was like, I just kind of float. And like, you, I can sing? Really? Okay, I'll sing. Kids like me? Okay, I'll do kids. Right? And it, you just go to work, right? It's not like I try to follow my bliss. I just follow the next move, right? The thing that kind of gets you a little bit excited and you just go. So... I'm a hard worker. I, I mean, I'm not the most talented person in the world. I'm just super, um, I don't, I won't quit. Right. And, and you know that about Westmore, right? When we started working, I was like, ah, I don't have any money. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to pay people, you know, and even now it's still day by day. It's like, yeah, I've got these three young people working with me, all 23 year olds, far smarter than me. And how the heck do you pay them? Right? How the heck do you build up an organization? But I'm hard-headed. Well, I, think, I love hearing that. You know, the nugget that I take from that is, you know, suddenly you didn't have this grand plan and everything was set out. And some people have that with their career and they, they set themselves these roads because they think that's the idea of success or that's what's going to give them happiness. And I think your route for me and from my own experience is actually to go with the flow more, to see what opportunities arise. If something is exciting in that moment, do it, choose it, you know, see where it ends up. Because you never know where these chance encounters, this opportunity might take you just from someone saying that one thing, someone saying to you, oh, you can sing, you know, someone else might be like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. But you're like, yeah, okay, I'll go for it. And then it all unfolds. And am I right in thinking that you've done some work, you were working with Disney at one point? Like, did you have a show with Disney? I had a radio show with Radio Disney. And it was it was awesome. Um, it didn't last long, right? Because their business model is like, we need to play Madonna songs. We need to play Britney Spears. That's what the kids love. Pile sugar into their lives. And I'm like, this whole, it, what we were doing, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Lake Wobegon. And I can't, I, I feel so sad that I can't remember the dude's name. Um, but it was very similar to that little show where it was in front of a live, we didn't do it in front of a live audience, but Lake Wobegon was where they did all the voices. And I literally, my little show was called The Weird Wild World of Eddie Coker. And I did about 20 different voices. And, you know, here I'm here I am with a microphone, you know, 
Hey, everybody, this is Principal Tuck and Tide. Here today, we're going to have spaghetti and meatballs for supper. And then, right, and then I go, I would be a treat. I had to keep changing. So if I had 15 people written in to a show, I'd have to do the, the old man. I'd have to do the wolf. I'd have to do the robot. I'd have to do the pirate. I'd have to do a beaver named Joyce Davalavanavadopoulos. And I'd have to go back and forth from all these voices and they would cut and paste and create this show, right? So it was super cool, but it just wasn't like, you know, they wanted a song for three minutes because then the kids are going to get out of the car. Right? So they wanted to buy me to a record deal and to do the ratio. And then I took a look at the contract and how they would own every single thing I ever created in perpetuity, my favorite word to say. And I was like, yeah. I can make more money selling out the trunk of my car. So it was short-lived. It was an interesting experience, right? It was short-lived. But what I took away from that is how I can utilize. They're not the same characters. They're different, different voices that I do now. But I'm, what I'm finding, because we're all, all these schools are stuck in the computer, is what I'm getting from teachers and administrators is, like, help us. Help us. They're called brain breaks, right? Give us something to the kids because kids are just like staring at the computer and they're learning. They're all dying. <laughs> you see the dog in the background, the grandmother in the background. It's like, it's like, okay, so get up, let's move and brain break. So I just use all those different character voices, right? Or I'll put on the guitar. Singing is the greatest thing, right? Because all you got to do is strap on a guitar and play the woo-woo dance, you know, get them to do the choreography where they are. Just get them, get them out of their brain get them into their body a little bit. So, Yeah, that's yeah. You know, you said something that made me think all the life experiences, right, that I've had are brought into this moment that I can use, right, for, for this new project. That's what's so cool. And that's why I, I was reading today, um, I'm going to botch the guy's name, but he's a famous uh, skateboarder that started, you, you got to check this out, Rob, you'll love it. It's called to write love on her arms. Okay, so that's the name, it, it's the acronym. So I, TW, to write love, TWL, on her, oh, so that's it. You just gotta look up the acronym. But I think the guy's name is Jamie. I would botch his last name like Tukorski, but I read a little social media post where he's saying, stick around for the surprises. And I love that, right? Because that's what life does. You're like, you're going down this road. You're like, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. And all of a sudden, boom, the universe just says, keep, right? It gives you that little kind of blip of energy to keep going. And I love that. Stick around for the surprises. Yeah. That is. It's going to be my new mantra for the next couple of weeks. I know. And I think that's a great one, you know, for everyone, especially this time. You know, we're living in unprecedented times. And there's, there's no doubt that who would have predicted 2020 would have turned out like this so much turmoil so much unrest so much unsettling anyone everyone's plans have just been turned upside down and very unsettling so if we can i think it's bringing us more like what you're teaching kids and what other people are doing as well is like it's bringing us really into ourselves and to to, to realize we have to find that peace within us no matter what's going on in the world, it's making us go in. And if we can find it inside and we can be more centered, then actually yeah. it doesn't really matter what's going to go on around because we don't have to have too many judgments or attachments to this and that. We can right. find that center in ourselves. And you doing that with these kids now, these little brain breaks and just getting them to just, you know, because it must be so tough. I've got, I, I, we haven't got any children who are at school and stuff yet at the moment, but. I have friends and family, the kids like that, and the, the mums at one end of the table and the kids are at the other, and they're all plugged in. And you know, some kids, and I think you'll probably find it as well, and I think maybe even more, their attention span is so limited. Yeah. And just to be on a screen, and if it's not engaging the content about maths, English, anything, they're just they're off in their own little world. Yeah. So and yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I love it in their own little. Yeah, absolutely, and I, that's why I'm like, come here, sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's something heavy when this too shall pass, right? Four very 
important words, right? What that person said to you three days ago, you're not thinking about it. Now you may be, but things pass, right? And, and, and it goes away. Trump's gonna go away. I don't know when, but yeah. Yeah. And sooner rather than later. <laughs> and often, <laughs> often as well, with like that, on that term, like this too shall pass, is it's really great. Obviously, this time's crazy now, um, but we're all going through it together. And in yes. some ways, is that collective a sense of coming together and feeling like you're not alone, but also remembering the idea of there's loads of things that have happened in our lives. But you know, we make it through the day. We sometimes when you've had a really tough day, you can still get into bed and go, "Well, I've made it through the day. You know, yeah. I'm here again. Yeah. Tomorrow's a new day." And we, I think, we can look back at this time whether it's in a year, two, three, four, five years, or even 10 years, and we'll be like, that was the pivot point for us to completely change trajectory on an individual level, on a society level, global level, to take down, go down a different path, find out what the true meaning of life is, and it's not the latest car or the latest iPhone or, or, the, or how many Instagram followers you've got and appearing to be success. Like True success comes from, I think, how you feel inside and... And all them outside stuff can sort of fall away. So I think we're going to go through this whole reorientating process from now. It's just that this has been like the, you know, going almost like going through the eye of a needle through this. So like, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, well, desperate times bring out the best in people, right? Um, we were literally going down a road with Wesmore, COVID, had to go right back the other way. Right. And it's been one of those little surprises. I'm like, wow, I have time to actually co-develop this curriculum. This stuff that really matters, which is the everyday dosage of working with, you know, these life skills in Westmore, we get to develop it. Right. I got time. So the little the little blessings of little you know, serendipity. I love that word. Right. The little unexpected things found. So like you say, we're going down the road and something plops down and helps us shift. So, you know, and one of the things too that we're really trying to help people do now, and this is based in mindfulness, right? My, my favorite definition, um, I guess, comes from the doctor that started, what, and here goes the name, because when I get in like little performance talk mode, I forget the very logical, the guy who created mindfulness. Um, probably will happen at the end, but I loved his definition. Um, Oh, so it, it's a, a type of paying attention on purpose, in the moment, non-judgmental, right? It's a type of paying attention. It's on purpose, in the moment, and non-judgmental. Just, gosh, if you could just work with that, right? The orientation to now versus, oh, God, I got to create. Oh, God, I got to get somewhere. No, it, it, if, you, if you can handle the next 10 seconds, you're gold. Right? Just the next 10 seconds. That's all you got to do. So that, that type of paying attention is very present. It's purposeful. Right? It's here. And it's non-judgmental. Quit whacking ourselves so hard. Right? The flogging never seems to end. No. Yeah. It reminds me of the analogy as well as when you, you're going on a journey. Say you're going cross-country or whatever. Yeah, you need to have a bit of a picture of where you're ending up, but all you can ever see is the 200 yards in front of you. You can't, yeah. everything else about what's the traffic going to be like, what's the weather going to be like, am I going to, you know, all that's just perception and your mind running off, but actually just see what's in front of you. Yeah. And then you can only do what is right here now. Yeah. That, that's it. Like I'm a big believer. I follow like of Eckhart Tolle and... Ram Das and uh, you know a few others and and just like it's you know it's all overcoming the ego self ego itself and the mind and bringing ourselves back to this moment and um, that's where the joy is. Yeah, and seeing it for what it is. I mean, one of the greatest. What I I love the Weser cupcake, and and all of these animations are on our YouTube channel. If anybody wants to go check them out, all twenty Wesers have their own animation. But cupcake is awesome because. This is a little British dude that I created 
And uh, I loved all the voices I had to learn from the Gilbert and Sullivan. And that's another great lesson for kids. Everything I learned in Gilbert and Sullivan in 1980, I brought you know, up to 2020 and using all these voices. And there's this little guy that's like, we are on the inside of the human mind. Fascinating that it looks exactly like the inside of a house. So that's the animation. So you're on the inside of these, let's call them friends who want to come in. And it's anger and it's depression and it's sadness and it's awkward. All of those things are welcome into the house. And when you come into the house, we give them a cupcake and we allow them to sit in their favorite chair. So here comes anger, frustration, come in, sit down, enjoy your cupcake. Ah, there's awkward or whatever, joy, right? And interesting that you let in frustration and anger, and then he looks back and he sees that they're already gone. They've left the house, right? And that's such a valuable lesson so that when you do feel off kilter, it's okay. Everybody does. But if we push it away and say, I gotta be happy, eh, ain't gonna work. So all of those things, all those little dudes that are outside your house are welcome inside, right? By offering them a cupcake, offering their favorite beanbag chair to sit in, you know, those things just kind of dissipate and leave. And then you're left with the next moment of what you gotta do with So I'm a, <laughs> this one little first grader, I swear to God, this is a seven-year-old or a six-year-old. He's like, I'd be giving cupcakes all day long, right? Already <laughs> knowledgeable of what his little mind is. I'd be giving out cupcakes all day long, right? Uh, this is too sophisticated for children. No, it's not. These guys, they're genius. When they're, they're just wide open computers. That's I, what think, we, yeah, I think that's the genius in the way you deal with it. I remember going on this public speaking um, event workshop a few years ago and it, it basically said that if you're given a talk even if you're given a talk to a bunch of 30 40 50 years or whatever deliver it in a way that a seven or eight year old could understand it you know don't be using big fancy words don't overcomplicate stuff just simplify 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 but in your way you're making it really fun you're taking these very intellectual you know leading edge cutting edge approaches to mental health and well-being but then you're tying it into music and into these characters and making it fun and delivering it in a great way so it's it's really inspiring, really oh, inspiring thank, you, to see. thank you we're having fun so what's next then obviously you've got the curriculum when do you when do you see that i know you mentioned that your daughter won't be able to be able to dance properly till you know, begin the 2022, but do you yeah. imagine that you'll be back in, in schools or doing concerts anytime soon? We'll see. I don't know. You know, inside with 500 kids, right? The typical, you know, I don't know. So I would imagine, it, you know, like you said earlier before we started the podcast, depends on the state. You know, if the state's like, yeah, open it up, we don't care about, <laughs> you know which is, I don't know, that's going to be really interesting to see if I push back on that. Yeah, come on down. I'm like, no, we're not ready, right? I, that would, oh my God, I don't think I'd ever be able to live with myself. You know, if kids got sick during one of our shows, right? So, but it, we'll be patient, right? I've got, I got have some schools signed up for us to begin this whole process of curriculum in the fall of 2021. And the idea is like, Who's this crazy guy who's coming into our computer, hopefully every day, right throughout the school year, and then with the end of year gigantic wild concert, right? Oh my God, that guy that wears the wigs. I got all my wigs in a trunk over there in the corner. My wife put this beautiful trunk, right? So I could just reach down, put on a wig, become somebody different in about four and a half seconds. And kids think that's hilarious, right? They don't even do say, hey, hey, what character are you playing? They go like, what is that? Like, what do you? I never forget that. Like, what do you mean? What is that? When I become a different character, right? Amazing. I know they're awesome. It's me doing somebody different than myself, right? It's I love messing with, <laughs> right? I love messing with kids. They love being messed with, right? And then once you mess with them and they love you, which it can happen very quickly, then you can impart these other deeper things, right? That can be beneficial. Like you said before, 
like I'm getting such a enjoyment listening to you and the, the faces and the characters that you're creating. So it's showing that this isn't just for kids, you know, and it's actually adults can, can really benefit a lot from yeah. this massive. I thing. hope so. Yeah. I, I'll tell you one of my favorite things to do. My new business card has a word written on the front of it. It's in sacro if you'd like me to get it, <laughs> I can always go grab it because it's kind of fun. Yeah, you can. Cool. Yeah, two seconds. Two seconds. I was over there going, please have it. Please have it. So I don't know if you can see this, but I'll put it up if it, if it focuses. Good. So this, this is my little, this is my way to get adults who are hardened. Let's just put it that way, right? They're, they're kind of baked into their own way of operating on the planet. And I'm trying to get them to kind of loosen up. But the word is in sacro megalacipatitis. So I try to, and it's what I have videotapes of kids looking at this word. And I say, okay, I just want you to pronounce it, right? And they're like, in sacro, right? You get a first grader or a second grader. It's very, very funny. But in sacro megalacipatitis is the dis-ease of thinking that you are your thinking. That's it. Usually people like, can you say that again? It's like, it's the dis-ease of thinking that you are your thinking. In sacromagalaspatitis. It's a disease. It's not a, dis a disease. It's a disease. And it's what we all suffer under. We think that what the mind just said to us is who we are. You're a piece of, right? It can be super mean. You know, personally, that's why do you think I've developed all this stuff? Why do you think I play all these happy songs? It's like it's trouble up in here, you know. It's and I love, I love playing with that. In sacromagalaspatitis, this uh, is thinking that you are your thinking. I love it. I love it. I think it, that's um, not only do I just love the word, even if I didn't know the meaning of it, because it just yeah. makes people stop and think, whoa. And um, but the actual meaning about it, and actually, when you think about. Uh, you know the issues that kids experience with bullying but actually the biggest bully is the one inside our head yeah it's that voice that says that we're not good enough and it remembers every single thing and you know you might hear 10 great things but one bad thing gets said about you it tends to be the one bad thing that gets repeated and repeated you should have done this right you're still good at this doing this you know and it's that but when we can have that awareness of that and just even sometimes go hmm, where's that thought coming from? And almost asking where's that thought coming from? And as soon as you do that, you can have that awareness that I'm not that thought. I'm not any of them. They're just like clouds moving through the sky. Yeah. And I don't need to grab onto that dark thunderbolt one with, with all the, the rain and the, the grayness. You know, I can just let it move through. I'm basically the sky behind that. That's yeah. what I am, you know, and yeah. just having that awareness. So, so I love that you've, you've said that. And even though mine doesn't sound anywhere near as fun and as, as, you know, exciting and mine wouldn't get through to kids, but I love them. Um, I just wanted to share that. Yeah. But I talk about that sky 24 seven, dude. I love that. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a bird. It's a bird passing by. Right. And it, then it's gone. If you keep that bird, you let it sit on your finger and yak at you. Well, no, you can, you can, you got to see it first, right? Say, look, I see you. You hate me, right? I hear you. You hate me. Now, I'd like to honor you, right? We take a little Kung Fu bow. We give it. A, I'd like to offer you a little cupcake, right? And then the bird will, you know, hopefully flies away. But if we don't see it, the bird just sits in there and kicks your tail. So I love the open sky. And I, I work with that all, all the time. The clouds are going to pass every single day. It's got a different weather pattern. And that's what's going on up there. They're just patterns. Yeah. Tole talks about that a lot too. So I would love that. Obviously, you're over in America and I'm chatting with this in England. I've got I know I've got um, quite a few people that listen to this podcast in, you know, North America as well. So it'd be great that they can tune into. I just wish that something like Wesmore would be uh, you know adopted more in the UK. Things are changing bit by bit, but I know I hear speak to a lot of parents and stuff and they get frustrated with, you know, the school system and yeah. the stress that kids are under. And this year's put them under even more stress. But I did have someone on my podcast a while ago 
who is all teaching kids about nutrition and growing food. And that's actually embedded now in some of the schools with the curriculum, which is for me is really exciting because I'm thinking about, you know, I'm going to become a father very soon. By the time this podcast is out, I will be a father. And so I'm thinking about my child as they're entering and which direction I want them to go through. And I want them to be in a place where they can, you know, grow and know, get all the stuff that you're talking about, as well as the other important things as well, to make them a whole human being, not someone who is just set up for a system which might not even be around in the next few couple of decades. You know, we, who knows? You know, <laughs> I know, but I mean, in terms of like artificial intelligence, what impact is that going to be having on yeah. careers and jobs? And, and I think what you're doing in terms of one thing that's always going to live on is creativity. It's the human mind and what we can think, you know, music, art, all sorts of the engineering, you know, it's, it's endless as well. So I'm, I'm also very excited for the future. No doubt. My mind, them birds are coming in. Telling me, all, <laughs> telling me all sorts of naughty stories, but I'm like, no, I, tr- I trust. I'm trusting how life is unfolding, and I believe that we can use it all for our benefit. So, and, um, and, and good luck with uh, what's coming. It'll it'll totally change your life. Yeah. And, and everybody says that to you, right? Hey, Rob, get ready. These children, I tell you, they're gonna. It, but it will. It's it's like it's it's DNA stuff. They come and overnight there's a, there's a shift and it's for the better. It just it just becomes so much deeper, and, and it doesn't mean it's going to be easy because that ninth day in a row the colic is around and it's like wait a minute we haven't slept in nine days right? Not no. that that would happen, but it does right? It does it does these things happen yeah so it's going to be uh, it's going to be all worth it. You'll um, be a great dad that I know. Thank you. Thank that you. I know. That's, that's nice to hear. So if people are listening to this now and they go, they want to find out some more about Wesmore, where can they go? How can they, you mentioned, you know, they go to a YouTube channel and check out the 20 Wezers and, but you know, even if people just want to support what you're doing and get behind it. Yeah. Just Wesmore.com. You know, that's the easiest way. W-E-Z-M-O-R-E. Yeah, that's that's another funny thing. They're like, "What? How do you spell Weesmore? What? We? What? What?" I'm like, "Yeah, Wesmore." And, and so many people push back on it when we first came up with it, right? But it's a word my son came up with in in third grade. Now everybody loves it. Before it's like, "Hey, I understand what you're doing for children. You're trying to help them with their minds, um, but I don't understand that word." And now everybody loves the word. They think it's genius, right? That it just came out of the head of a third grade kid. Wow. That's an interesting story we'll tell for another time. Westmore.com, go to YouTube, Instagram. Um, you know, we're getting much better. Uh, it used to be just kind of one person. And now I love having these young people helping me push out the messaging. But um, yeah, and we've got these beautiful films, right? Andrew Holshue, this genius filmmaker uh, from Dallas, who just had a little boy. Oh, wait. Oh, it's going to be, kill me if you knew this. I just had a baby like four days ago. So just came into their life and um, I think it's a girl. But um, yeah, he's made some beautiful Wesmore films. Uh, you know, me down in Manhattan. It's called Dear Everybody, right? And I want to do an entire series of videos just holding up a sign, Dear Everybody, and then do the little minute and a half, two minute film about the open sky. Right in Sacramento, whatever you know. So we we like to do deep and we like to do fun. It's a good combination. So I want to come to I want to come to England. Yeah, how fun would that be? It would be fun, but you know you've got history of it as well, haven't you? With um from earlier in your career, so yeah. Why not? You'd be working on Trent. (laughs) I I don't remember where it was, but that's where our honeymoon. That's where we went. All over Scotland and England. So. Amazing. Well, Eddie, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you and, you know, hearing more. I, I've known what you've done, but it's great for me to talk to you more and get a great understanding of it and realizing just how important it is that, you know, what you're doing and, and how fundamental it is for kids' well-being. Like, if we're going to help change the world and put us on a better path, then we have to, in some ways, obviously, we want to look at ourselves, but children, we have to 
we have to embed it in the kids now because they will be the change makers in the next few decades. Yep. Yep. Stronger, more resilient, more loving, right? We seems can like leave a it that. Yeah, that seems like yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful way to to wrap up. And I um yeah, thank thanks so much for taking your you. time out to having a a nice inspiring chat with me. Yeah, hope we can do it again someday.